welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and with me today from the Sith list is Les Gonzalez. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. You got it perfect. <laughs> you got it perfect. All right. <laughs> how are you going? I'm doing okay. Uh, how are you? First of all, uh, thank you for having me on and uh, I appreciate you waking up early in the morning, your time, yeah. especially on a, on a weekend. Uh, but it, here we are. It, yep. It's locked down. I can um, sleep in till much later tomorrow. Mm. You know, um, my students won't know if I have my pajamas on. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the silver lining in being locked down, but being locked down is probably not the best thing <laughs> at all. It, we weren't far out of, you know, the previous one. But anyway, I'm. I'm fully vaccinated now. Um, my mum is, most of my family are. My dad needs his second one because the AstraZeneca is like a 12-week gap between. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, yeah um, mine was a four-week in between uh, shots. So, yeah, I'm fully vaccinated, uh, a lot of people. But, I mean, let's let's slide off that train and, and yep. get to some fun stuff. Yes, <laughs> because the week before... We had cinemas, mm-hmm. and I was able to see Black Widow in the cinema. None of this Disney Plus premiere cinema. Oh, man. Yeah. That, well, first of all, you got lucky then to be able to see that because I saw it in the theater too, and uh, it was just great to be back. You know, it was great to, at the, at the very least, it was great to just be able to go to a theater to see a, a movie of any type. And... The truth is, is if you're watching Black Widow at home, it's that's okay. That's that's great. But you could just tell that it was produced to be on a big screen. Like yeah. it's just so massive and, and action and scale is just awesome. So yeah, it it was great fun and great to see with a crowd. Um, I I usually go to a lot of Marvel premieres with. Um, my friend, you know, she'll get the night off from the kids and we go to a 7 o'clock Wednesday night show at the local mm-hmm. cinema and great crowd, great crowd. But what I was really happy to see was it was about 50% female at least. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And she turned to me afterwards and said, oh, I wish that was my first movie back because we'd gone to see Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, as, as good as, well, uh, it, it wasn't good. Wonder Woman 1984 was okay. <laughs> Just okay. Yeah. I've, I've sort of reflected a lot on it, and I think my initial reaction were walking out of that was – because I'd just seen a few days before Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian handing Grogu over. So I was having all the dad Pedro Pascal feels. Mm -hmm. That, yeah. And Kristen Wiig's boots. They're the best. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That I liked her in that version of her cheetah, like, with the fur coat and like that whole thing. I was like, yeah, that's the eighties right there. That's like, that's it right there. That's eighties 
power woman walking around. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, coming out of Black Widow, my I sort of turned to my friend and said, oh, yeah, the dude bros are going to hate that because there's like no men in it. Yeah. And, and she's like, yeah, there was no jerky men. It was great. <laughs> it was only one, really, and he was just as self-centered as he was supposed to be. <laughs> and yeah. It would always bring him back to like, hey, wake up. <laughs> so that was cool. Red Guardian was uh, was just enough man to keep in the movie, so you don't need any more. No. Uh, no. So it was fine. Yeah, I, I had a great time with it. Um it is weird in Australia because of we usually get releases Thursday, but for these big ones they do like a Wednesday 7 o'clock type of show. So mm-hmm. then it's days until the rest of the world sees it, so I have to keep all my thoughts inside. Right, yeah. Yeah. But you get to talk about it now, so that's good. Finally. So- we, I think, I think Disney just knew, hey, get it out there, just, just get it out there, everywhere. Let's get the vaccines out, get the movie out. Let's yeah. just go. So, uh, they, they kind of timed it just right, uh, and they held on. I mean, people were asking for this on Disney Plus, you know, months ago, you know, to for them to show it. So, for them to stick to their guns, and it still made a good amount of money as far as people watching at home and and at the comfort of their home, you know, with their feet up in their pajamas, you know, yeah. still made a good amount. So this movie just needed to come out for me personally. I think it needed to come out instead of Spider-Man homecoming, but I understand what they had to do. Uh, Spider-Man came, you know, when he showed up in civil war, you're like, okay. And then you see this black widow, you know, it's just right after the end too, but it's the losing side. Yeah, that you know. So, I mean, either put it out right after Spider-Man: Homecoming. Just they should have done that. Um, but you know, it was a great send-off for the black for Scarlett Johansson's character as Black Widow. And I kind of don't like Florence Pugh just personally, but I can accept what's gonna ha- what's to come with her character. So I'm okay with that. I've I've seen her in um, fighting with my family. And I think that's about it. Yeah, I saw her in uh, Midsummer, which was uh-huh. like a weird horror type thing, and she was okay in that too. But I, uh, yeah, I guess I'll come around one day. Everybody, everybody on the Sith list is like, "What's wrong with you, Les?" And I'm like, "I just, I just don't vibe. It's not, it's not me." But uh, I'll come around one day. Yeah, it's now. I'm not a comic book person. I've, I haven't read them. You know, I sort of got uh-huh. into um, Marvel through via the um, X Men cartoon back in the nineties, and it's yes. fantastic theme song. Yes, um, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best for sure. And, but um, you know. What did you think of Black Widow from that sort of comic book perspective? Did it have any um, connections or? Okay, so let me uh, just say this first. I think, I think what has to happen for those of us that have read comics, we have to understand one thing now. 
and and after watching this movie it, it confirmed it and after watching the disney plus shows it also confirmed it to me disney marvel knows exactly where their wheelhouse is now and it's not the comics it's what people can visually consume and the tv shows and the movies are where they're going to be getting they're going to put the most money and they're going to get the most return at for me now i think the comics are just a, a complement to what goes on uh so as far as the characters go yes there's connections there uh there are probably a couple of storylines that they pulled from um i'll be honest with you i only know black widow through the avengers and then uh some of the interactions with the x-men through the comics uh when uh, they were messing around with shield and that kind of thing i think during the time that the x-men were in australia so uh that would be probably as far as it goes but as far as like characters yes they did let's just be honest here for for me they did uh totally change who the taskmaster is as far as that goes but the more i watch the more i've talked about it the more i watch it i understand that was probably just made more sense as far as the movie goes uh i wish they would have used the taskmaster as a as a captain america villain that would have been great uh maybe even see him square off against deadpool at some point uh down the line in some future movie uh because that's the level of uh mercenary that he is uh he's so with the taskmaster you get this guy who can copy any move. He knows everyone's fighting style. So he could fight from Wolverine to Captain America. I mean, the best fighter. So hand-to-hand combat is his thing. He's He runs a kind of a organization like where they, he takes kids. I, I don't want to say they take kids, but you know, they, they you know, the type of organization yes. where you show up and he has a compound and they got like people training in the yard, almost like Inch of the Dragon, the Bruce Lee movie kind of thing. Yeah uh yeah so it's he's got some types of and he he plays in those dark circles of the underworld uh but using it in this way made sense for the movie so if there's any real deviation it's that uh if i'm not mistaken yelena belova who's florence Pugh's character uh basically took over when natasha I think was either depowered or just they just shelved her for a while. And it was her as the Black Widow going forward. So um, and then uh, Red Guardian. And actually, I think there's an Easter egg in uh, the movie. The big guy that uh, David Harbour's character is arm wrestling in the prison and he breaks that guy's wrist. Yeah. Apparently he and I don't I didn't look up the credits, but apparently he tweeted out that he's technically the first mutant in the MCU now because he plays Ursa Major. And I guess that character sitting there is Ursa Major, who is a part of the, oh my goodness, the Winter Guard? Something like that, where they're like a super superhero team for Russia called the Winter Guard. And it was like Red Guardian and Ursa Major is a guy who can turn his body into a bear. Oh, cool. Basically. So he's just, yeah, you know, a big bear. Um, so there's that. But... Uh, as far as, like I said, as far as it goes now, a lot, of, I, I really think if you, if anyone wants to read the comics as an, as a compliment to the movies, then that's how you should take it from here on out. 
they're just the way Marvel's doing it. And with Kevin Feige in charge, he knows how to pull from every little bit of the lore or the history of characters and just say, okay, let's use this. Let's use that. Let's shape this. Let's shape that. And then you just get this amazing product afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as long as they just, for me personally, as long as they don't name a movie, a title of an actual storyline in the comics and don't follow through, that's where I have an issue. But other than that, it was great. So it works out. Yeah, it was, um, it was a great movie. I had a great time with it, even though it was pretty dark. I have to say, sort of reflecting on the themes, it was pretty dark. I mean, I love the sort of opening with that Americans-style vibe of Russians mm-hmm. hiding in America. Um, but then, yeah, that whole part about the the brainwashing and stealing of young women was very yeah. disturbing. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was dark in that regard. And then also she used the daughter to try to kill, you know what I mean? Like she, it had no problem blowing up a child. I'm like, <laughs> so yeah. And there, you could see that they all have done something. They're all part of something. I mean, even Rachel Vise's character, uh, Melina, was just like, oh yeah, it was just, I, I was just stuck to the mission. Like, I really didn't care about you two. Like, yeah. I just stuck to the mission and I've, I've helped develop the things that control you. So, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The, the bit with the pig, I was just going, let it breathe, let it breathe. Please let it breathe. <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> You're correct. It was just like, now how long? And she's like, <laughs> relax. He's done it. I'm like, oh, oh just too much. Yeah. It's amazing how. We can watch you know, violence against humans, but you don't do anything against an animal. Uh, yeah, it, it actually, because, yeah, they can get away with a lot more, even though there's violence with humans. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah don't do that. <laughs> no. Oh, but, um, yeah, I loved it. And David Harbour, he was just prepared to be the butt of every joke. It was great. <laughs> yeah. He was, it, it didn't, to just see that, that he was still just obsessed with this one thing, <laughs> just, just this one thing. And it was just like, oh man, you poor, you poor man. They did, they did a lot to you. They just took him down so many notches, so many pegs down in his life that he just had nothing to really hold on to or grasp onto. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. As the actor, he was just, de- he definitely knew what. <laughs> He understood the assignment, as they say. He just showed up and just not quite out of shape, but out of shape, you know, not quite old, but old. Like, yep. Not quite dim, but he was dim. <laughs> like, he just. What, what are you talking about? The, the suit fit perfectly. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so awesome. It was, it was great. Now, so he's Red Guardian, so I had assumed then that he'd had a similar kind of serum to Captain America. Yes. So it's, it's, it's complicated if you think about it. There's what has happened over the recent years. The super soldier program has mm-hmm. just become this massive worldwide thing as far as the comics go. So... Uh, Captain America apparently being the first 
successful super soldier. And then there's all these variants or variations throughout the world. I don't want to say variants, sorry, but there's all these different, uh, you have some that have been very successful and you have some that come at a high cost. Uh, Wolverine being, I guess, weapon 10 as weapon X. He's basically the, one of the 10th versions or one of the, the 10th best version apparently. Mm -hmm. And even he has issues like he has fragmented memories and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I'm assuming Red Guardian was one of those two, but I guess the idea was so. What what the idea was, and I'm probably wrong, but I'm okay with that, is that when they got Steve Rogers together, they had other projects going at the same time, and apparently Red Guardian was one of them. And so, uh, if you go even further, especially if you go into the X Men comics, so you have Red Guardian, and then you also have uh, Yelena Belova and Natasha Romanoff. But you also have uh, this uh, character, Arkady Rosovich, who is known as Omega Red. And if anyone has read the X-Men comics, and I even think in the animated series he showed up, he's the guy in the red, uh, all red armor with uh, tentacles coming out of his wrists. Oh. And he's got, a, he's, got, he's got pale blue skin and a, a blonde ponytail. And he is one of Wolverine's like, fiercest fiercest enemies uh when they fight it's almost always to the brink of death so yeah that's red guardians part of those programs that produce either wild maniacs or stand-up guys like steve rogers who can hold hammers and punch gods in the face so yes he's in the middle of that (laughs) so yeah it was it was a great movie but yeah red guardian I want to see more from him. I'm not sure how they can work their way back in. I mean, Yelena, definitely I can see her becoming involved, crossing paths, especially when you consider the post credit scene with Val. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I definitely want to see them again. I'm sure they have plans. I have faith in Kevin Feige's corkboard with the red string. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> but but this would have been if you know COVID um, had never happened. This would have been our first meeting with Val. Yes, this would have been the first one. Yeah, and then I guess they moved it up and stuck it into uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So I thought that's. I guess that's what was the plan was. But I do have an idea. See, see all these Disney Plus shows that they have, they could literally just do one called The Widows. And it's all the young ladies and Red Guardian is either training them or just the, like the caretaker. And, you know, they go out on missions and he's like, I can go with you guys. And they're like, no, Pops, you're old. Just have a seat. You know, but we get him fighting, get him fighting here and there. There it is right there. Just let's roll with that, Kevin Feige. Get it Ex- done. <laughs> done. Because, you know, David Harbour, he's great streaming success. You know, Hopper with Stranger Things. Mm. And yeah, so yes. have that over on Disney Plus and he'll be the king. He's spending of... a lot of time in Russia. David yeah. Harbour is just hanging out in, in Russia, <laughs> just snowy Russia. It's a bit, what did Russia do to Hopper? I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's going to be, 
Catherine, there's going to be a, in its next season of Stranger Things, there's going to be a toy figurine of Red Guardian somewhere in there. I I can't. I, I guarantee. I just feel it. I feel that we're gonna see that. There's gotta be. When is that coming out? Um, I have no idea. I would assume in the next, be either toward the end of this year or maybe 2022. Yeah. Because the last one was what, twenty nineteen? Mm. I remember it came out like July fourth weekend. Yeah, that would be twenty twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think so. And time is just completely, you know, time out of whack. Is a ball. <laughs> For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To quote the doctor, "Time is a ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey." Timey wimey. Yes, David Tennant as the doctor, just the best. There we go. There we go. You know what? I've yet to watch Doctor Who. I've never really. It's never really been for me. But I think one of these days I'm going to have to, you know, I've, I've met too many fans to not give it a shot. You know, like I've met too many people that like the show. Look. I'm not going to lie that part of it comes from it was on TV when I was a kid um, and I'm talking like the old school Doctor Who, like the um, the Tom Baker era and moving right up till Sylvester McCoy. So we're in the 80s and on the ABC like at 5.30 or 5 o'clock every mm-hmm. weeknight you'd get Doctor Who. And then maybe Monkey Magic or Degrassi Junior High. It was the greatest oh, time. A, that is, okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> that is a great lineup. You go from, from Doctor Who to Drake. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm talking the show before, not. Oh, okay, okay, before the Drake seasons. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I was like, going to say, this... wait a minute, that's still pretty dope. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's Degrassi, the next generation. I'm talking. Uh, okay, sorry. Degrassi sorry. Junior High, Degrassi <laughs> High, because I'm old. <laughs> Still the greatest show ever. Right, of course. Yeah, because, you know, the greatest shows in your life occur when you're 12. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Everything imprints on you at that point, and that's like the re- your outlook for the rest of your life. You're just like, that's yeah. it. This is perfect right now. Yeah. yeah. So for me, Batman the Animated Series, so everything should be dark and black outside. Oh. Uh, no. That that was a great series. Yes. That was a great series. But, yeah, with, with Doctor Who obviously growing up with it, because it's been on since 1963. Right. It um, got stopped in 1989 and then they did a telemovie in 1996 and then brought it back oh now i'm testing myself like mid 2000s i think they did because i remember everything else started rebooting too so battlestar galactica was probably yeah. you know like oh four i think and ran for a long time and then i remember seeing you know promos for doctor who but I, 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 I agree with you in the fact that on TV at the time was just that time slot for it was like Doctor Who, 
for us in the states it was doctor who land of the lost uh buck rogers battlestar galactica like that was like nine to like noon every day you know that's what was on so you just got to if you wanted to watch like just stuff from when my our parents were kids that's it so it was cool yeah you know the old school doctor who they had zero budget so it was like cardboard sets and um and a lot of just trickery to get you through but what was interesting is that each episode was about half an hour but they'd have long running arcs so like so a four episode arc or even back in the day like 12 episodes would make up the story but there's so many lost episodes of Doctor Who's from the first and second Doctor where where you know the BBC were oh no one's going to watch this again we'll record over the tape yeah oh. yep so, so there's been worldwide hunts and they have found various parts of episodes or whole episodes in places all around the world where, mm-hmm. of course, being the BBC was just sent and, and watched. So, yeah, they've found parts. And for a lot of episodes, they've got the audio of it. So they've got you can listen to it as like an audio thing or they've made um, animated and laid the audio on top. So that's all pretty cool. But, um, yeah, that Doctor Who back in the day, scary, so scary. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I usually, by then I was out of the house. So by then I was, like, out in the yard playing. So that's probably why I never really watched. And then I'd come back in around 3.30 and start watching, like, uh, the Super Friends and Transformers and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, But then, yeah, Doctor Who, that leads me to Loki because so many people are making the Doctor Who comparison mm-hmm. with Loki, which something I get because they're going, okay, a British man – going through space and time, and he went to Pompeii. Doctor Who went to Pompeii a lot. Like, honestly, he, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I love the series. It was so weird. It was so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It was just the content we've gotten uh, during this pandemic which, I mean, I hate to say, but this, we're still in it. So, yeah. uh, but during this pandemic, getting the time, you know, getting WandaVision, getting, uh, well, even going back, getting the, the, the Mandalorian and then, you know, getting all this Marvel content. And then it helps to get this like balance, right? So we got a little bit of weird from uh, WandaVision, you know, and the mystical kind of thing going on there. Then we got like... Uh, the James Bond, John Wick, Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of thing. And then we get Loki and Black Widow comes out. And it kind of, for me, it balanced out. I'm like, okay, good. I got to see, you know, practical, I guess, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I get to watch 
just this space cosmic you know just this long spanning just amazing gorgeous looking colorful i could go on just how beautiful the series looked for loki and just even the little just all the different motifs right you had like you said so in the time the tva everything looks like it's from like 70s you know uh future style kind of thing going on there and then you you know they, they even had like rotary phones and stuff like it's like oh this is great they had like telex machines you know you're like press a couple things it's like that's awesome and then you have just loki be you know just the magic and just the different locations and just to see the different planets interpreted through this series was just awesome. Yeah. It, it was wonderful. You're right. It was absolutely gorgeous to watch um, visually. And Tom Hiddleston is just, he's loving playing Loki and you can see it. And Richard E. Grant as classic Loki was the best thing ever. Oh, I know. I know. A lot of people, uh, as we were doing our reaction, the Raj goes, hey, 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 hey. And I'm like, yeah, you, yeah, it's who you think it is. And he's like, that's, a, that, that's Richard E. Grant. And I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's exactly who that is. You know, he was actually approached, I think, at one stage to be Doctor Who or they wanted him to play Doctor Who. So that's another connection. But he... There you go. The gravitas he brought to that role in that ridiculous leotard and and headpiece, but he sold it. He absolutely yes. sold it. He sold it. It was it was awesome to see that, and it was awesome to just to see that, like you said, it's a ridiculous leotard. But that's like that's the comic book Loki that a lot of people who read <laughs> comics or read the old school like they go that's exactly what he looked like you know he just had that weird that just like that that green frilly thing going on or that yellow frilly thing over green and the extra long horns you're just like okay that that's him so that that episode setting what was it the void um with and with all the loki variants that was just amazing to see all of these imaginings of Loki had like President Loki. I've heard a little bit about him running his run in the comics. And that was 2016, wasn't it? His. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, uh, and, and yeah, in, in each. So what this does is uh, for those of us out there. And again, for any comic reader, what, what happens is, is sometimes a, just because a character is, how do I say this? All right. So at any moment, you could say multiple universes or variants of characters are being just established left, right and center. I mean, as soon as a new writer takes over for a, a comic and starts going in a different direction, that's a different that could be, you know, placed as yeah. a different universe or a different thing. And it's sometimes what you have to watch for is when you're reading some comics, if something if like two or three issues just boom, go in a whole different direction and present a different thing. Well, that's a universe being established. Uh, prime example I can think of is X-Men Days of Future Past. And if you're reading X-Men leading up to those two issues, it's just two issues. 
and Claremont just writes something completely different in those two issues. And then it just goes right back into continuity. Well, that those two issues, boom, just established a whole different thing going on. And writers can go back or artists and creative teams can go back and say, hey, what about what happened with these two issues? What can we do here? And then boom, there you go. You got your branch off and it's gone. <laughs> and you just can pull all that stuff and bring it into the mainstreams and just all kinds of different things happen. And I like that they're establishing that through this series. And I like that they established, okay, the what we've known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe has just been kept in check by one guy in the TVA. Yeah. So everything that we've seen, they've written it out. Like this guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I know all that stuff. I knew every single thing. So that means from first Avenger all the way to Endgame, he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And for those of you that have a question, I will tell you right now, King is not more powerful than Thanos. He is more dangerous than Thanos. That's it. So uh, for the MCU, we're getting a person who's just more dangerous. He's not more powerful. If Thanos and King squared off and things had to go down, King loses every single time. He would just, he, he cannot match Thanos. And this is without the Infinity Gauntlet, everyone. So just yeah. on a power level, Thanos is one of the top five most powerful people throughout the whole Marvel universe. So it's automatic. He's going to beat mostly everybody. Uh, so, but the, but obviously King is more dangerous because of his time stream control and what he can do. So if you look at it as far as a a threat level, he's kept all these different branches of life from living this whole time. And we have what we've been seeing and witnessing has just been him making sure it all flows in a certain direction. So it's to flowing a certain direction to stop. Is it to stop that dangerous versions of himself? Yes. So this one we got was the apparently the one, uh, he who remains is supposed to be uh, the most benevolent of the Kings, which is not really. So don't, don't take it just because he's <laughs> like, I'm preventing other weird, worse ones from coming after him. Doesn't mean he's not bad either. He's not really good. He's not really bad. He's out for himself. And that makes him very dangerous. So if he decides, okay, this timeline is not the line that I want to be a part of anymore. It's just not working out. He can start another one, go smash them out, and then wipe this one out and take that one over. So if it's in his best interest, even though he was presented in a certain way, he's only going to act in his best interest. But yes, it is to keep variations, I mean, the variance of himself from showing up and doing the same thing he's doing, which is taking over. You sort of, you do wonder though, like, you know, why, you know, like Sylvie was a, a variant at as a child, and and I think in the first episode they were talking, oh, someone could be late to work, and that makes them a variant, and they'll get pruned. It's, yeah, that's. That was weird. First of yeah. all, that was, I'm like, wait a minute, late to work and you're gone? You're gone? But 
if you think about it, maybe they don't get pruned. They just get pulled from that, that moment they're late to work and people are kind of either missing them or wondering where they are. They get pulled and become agents of the TVA. Yeah. Because that's what was revealed is that they were just yanking people from different timelines, suppressing their memories and just shoving them out there as agents, as hunters. So, so Owen Wilson spent too much time on a jet ski one day and got pulled. That's right. <laughs> the gas ran out and he was just put putting into shore and they were like, you're taking too long. Let's get you. And they just pulled him off and pruned him. That's it. That's exactly right. I, I have to admit, I was just waiting in the last episode, like especially during the credits, I was like, Owen Wilson on a jet ski, come on. It's all yeah, I a want. Lot of people, a lot of people wanted to see that. <laughs> they were not happy it didn't happen. Uh, but I, I like what happened. I like that it shows uh, that so now all these TVAs are up. You're going to run into different variants of Mobius and I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to expect if uh, in now is is season two. Are we going to say it's going to supplement, you know, and run alongside uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Is it going to are they going to try to fit it in between Ant-Man and the Wasp, like in between a Quantumania and Doctor Strange movie? Uh, Because he as of right now, Loki main goal is going to have to get out of that TVA and find either Stephen, uh, Dr. Strange or Thor or somebody and be like, look, there's a lot going on here. Uh, and he's Loki. Like yeah. he's going to get punched in the face. <laughs> he's going to get beat up before, while he's trying to explain it. He's going to get kicked in the nuts a lot. Like he did yes. by Sif in that one episode. <laughs> And, and this is like the 2012 um, Loki. Yes. Does he even know who Doctor Strange is? No, because if we go by Rag... Actually, hmm. Yeah, I think he does. Because they met in Ragnarok, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he... And, and well, Stephen Strange knew who Loki was right away, and he just said... Psh. Remember, and he just threw him through that like yeah. leap, that looping portal where he just kept falling. <laughs> and look, he's like, I've been falling for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> oh, so I, I think they know who each other, they, they know each other, which means, yes, he's going to get beat up again. So every time Loki shows up, they're going to go, you, bam. <laughs> and, it's, and it's 2012 Loki. So yes, they he brought the Battle of New York. So yeah, it's, it's automatic. Yeah. Any chance for... Tom Hiddleston to do that hair flip that he oh, does when he's yeah. yeah there was a, a clip going around Twitter of like thirty seconds of him just doing the hair flip every was, single one yeah. yeah and it was great it was great <laughs> <laughs> oh man he loves that wig I, I'm sure he's like this is why I get to be Loki this is why I want to be Loki so he can just flip, toss hair every time but and I've also that. Footage of him at Comic Con, just sort of being out the front in his Loki costume, just you know, getting the crowd to cheer him, and then just shh, controlling. He's loving it. He's just yeah, exactly. You know, like a bit like Mendo coming out at the Rogue One panel. 
Ah, that's right. That's right. That's right. He, uh, a lot of the actors embrace the characters and, uh, yeah, you're right. Hiddleston is just like, I get to do this. Like you give a British okay. actor a chance to really be, uh, it like, uh, just, it, now it makes me laugh at the, uh, first at the Avengers movie where Iron Man makes fun of authorities. Like does mother know that she wears her drapes? And it's like, <laughs> he gets to wear drapes and capes and like prance around and be an actor and actually like, act you know loki you know like this is like getting like puck or someone like the god of mischief like you get to be this just this compelling character like it's it's cool so not that long ago i rewatched thor the dark world which a lot of people have down the bottom of their mm-hmm. mcu ranking however i was watching it you know with a eye on Loki because I was just started Loki. And if you just see the Loki bits, just watch the Loki bits. Wow. It's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yes. And, and there's this bit where Thor and Loki are walking down and um, Loki's pretends to be other people at some stage. And there's a bit where he's pretending to be Captain America and behind the scenes, they filmed it with Tom Hiddleston in the Captain America suit and doing it and he was loving it. He was loving it. And then when Chris Evans came on, he was loving it. (laughs) Chris Evans was, yeah, loving being Loki. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. You know what? At some point. I'm going to just go ahead and start all over and watch every MCU project and try to hopefully by that time I'll have access to black widow and try to like watch it like right after homecoming and just get that feel that, that, that more complete feel of watching the whole thing yeah. and taking in the dark world, which <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hate it. I'm going to say right now, I didn't hate it. I know a lot of people, but I could see, it was just like, this is a bit slower than yeah. the first Thor. And you know, and, and to be honest, the Thor movies have the most, uh, if you think about it, they have the most range. They, they go to different places. They, you know, we get on the, in the United States and, you know, his fallen Thor. Then we get the dark world where we, you know, we do more Asgard and more of, of uh, the, the different realms. Then we get Rag, uh, Ragnarok, and you're just like, "What's going on here?" Right? You just you just st- sit back, just like, "Okay," and you just look. You know, you just look and just watch and take it all in. And yeah, I like I like the different directions the Thor movies have gone. Yeah, it took them quite a while to work out who Thor is, or should I say, who Chris Hemsworth is and how to make Chris Hemsworth really pop as Thor and and giving him more comedy and the ridiculousness of Thor because my favourite parts of the first Thor movie was really the comedy bits, you know, like Mm -hmm. Thor in the cafe after having a a coffee, smashing the mug again yeah, or another. another. You just can't do that. You can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah. 
or Natalie Portman's it's a good look. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the newest one. I can't wait for Love and Thunder. I really yeah, I, I really want to see uh, Natalie. Now that you bring her up, I want to see Natalie Portman holding the hammer and in full Thor, like energy, just yeah. full Thor energy. I can't wait. I'm so excited because yeah, I want to see the story that convinced Natalie Portman to come back to the MCU. She's been burnt by franchises, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. What made her come back? What convinced her? Was it just Tyker being charming, his charming self? More than likely. It was more than likely. Let's be honest. It was more than likely Tyka just like, come on, Nat. It's awesome. Let's do this. Let's, yeah. let's have some fun. Come on. We'll film in Sydney. It'll all be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you get to hang out with, yeah, you get to hang out with, with people from the area, right? There you go. Yeah, it's. I haven't heard any more. We had a few of those set photos, but very few, like the ones where they're having the umbrella from our um, hardware store, Bunnings. Um, so Australians were just cracking themselves up over that. Um, yeah, Bunnings is a enormous hardware store, but... What they're very well known for is every Saturday they have a sausage sizzle. It's not a hot dog as you know it, so it's just sausages cooked right. on a grill thing in a piece of white bread with onion and tomato sauce. Okay. It's like, I'm okay with that. Like uh, two bucks. and. That- Perfect. I'll I'll take 10. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problem eating. Yeah, that's that's just how it goes around here, too. You put some sausage on some bread with onions and anything. Tomato sauce, it's all good. I would definitely have fun down there on a a sizzle for sure. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, they have the local charities um, or fundraiser for the sporting clubs there at the Bunnings. It's a very very coveted position at the Bunnings Sausage Sizzle. So a couple of years ago there was big controversy because um, Bunnings mandated because of OH&S, Occupational Health and Safety, that the onions had to go underneath the sausage because the onions were falling out in the shop and people were slipping on onions. Oh. (laughs) So Australians were outraged, like, no, onions have to go on top. Oh no! I, I mean, well, I have to ask. I probably wouldn't be able to eat food in a hardware store. I would have to just finish it outside before I went inside, personally, because you know what? Now it makes me think about it. Here in the states, uh, at our like Home Depots or Lowe's or Ace, uh, there's always a vendor outside who has sausages and hot dogs going. So. I guess it's just a thing. I guess it's just a thing. But I every time we, we buy a sauce or a, anything from them, I'm not going to eat in the hardware store. I just can't. I, to be honest, <laughs> hardware stores change my whole mentality when I walk in because as a kid, that was the place I hated to go to the most. And every Saturday, my dad, if I wasn't watching cartoons, my dad would drag me to a hardware store. And I'm like, this is just the worst thing. It just ruins so much. So 
I don't know if I could enjoy a bite of food walking through a place that just scarred me for so long. <laughs> yeah, usually it's my after Bunnings trip treat, but some people are like, yep, we'll we'll get the sausage and then we'll start walking through or we'll give it to their kids as a, yep, while we're doing, you know, walking the aisles, you can have your sausage sizzle, although there is like a little play centre within the Bunnings. But during, of course, during the pandemic, um, yeah, there hasn't been sausage sizzles. Oh. It's been disastrous. Oh. Okay, see, yeah, yeah, you're losing things. This is, ouch, man, it just hurts. It hurts <laughs> if you have to lose that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, You know, you can take various things from us, but you can't take our sausage sizzle. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a little upset. They could still do a socially distanced sizzle, couldn't they? I'm I'm sure they could. And in places in Australia, I think it's, you know, running because there's places that's been pretty much untouched. So, um, and a lot of that's by design. Like that's, we've, you sort of look at international media and they're like, oh, why is Australia locking down? so quickly with so few cases or these cities locking down well part of that is to keep it from um the outback from mm. um you know the the inaccessible parts of australia because this is the thing that a lot of people don't get is that we do have population in a lot of places but there's so separated and you know we have to have the flying doctors, so out, you know, oh, out back. Okay. Um, you know, if you have some kind of emergency on a farm or something, or in some towns, you get on the um, radio and the doctors will come via plane and get you, and then take you to like a, a central place to treat you. So getting, um, yeah, it's a big risk then, basically. Yeah. And it takes a lot to to get to somebody if they get hurt out there in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously we don't want to ing our um, First Nations people either. Right. Um, and, and in our isolated communities. So, you know, that's why Northern Territory and Western Australia were always very quick to shut the borders um it's become you know a joke on on some things of western australia just shut the borders yeah. i smell corona shut the borders um but you know we've yeah to get political at the moment i mean our biggest problem now is the vaccine rollout that's and it, it's just not happening is that what it is right it's just not rolling it's just not as efficient as it should be we don't have very much supply because last year when they made the orders, um, they were relying a lot on AstraZeneca and another one that we were developing in, at the University of Queensland, which didn't get past sort of the first stage because the, the way they built it, um, people would get false positive of um, HIV. Oh. That, yeah. So they wouldn't have HIV, but the test would come back positive for it. So they went, yeah, it would work, but that's not um, 
a good thing. And AstraZeneca, it tested in all the tests, it did very well. But then once it started rolling out in the UK to the millions is when they started finding in younger people, um, there was this tiny chance of blood clots. So we've had um, a bit of changing medical advice with that. But midway through 2020, Pfizer came to Australia and said, okay, how many do you want to order? And they didn't order very many at all. So our biggest issue is supply. You Um, know what? Again, at least from what you're telling me, I I guess I kind of would rather have that here in the States than to have jackasses who just don't want to take it and just want to tell people not to take it, uh, to have a full-on propaganda machine pushing this, well, you don't really need to do so kind of thing. It's, it's, It's one thing to have incompetency as far as getting the actual product to give to people. It's another thing to have active, active anti-health, anti-public health. I mean, it's just scary, but that's us and our freedom of speech up here. That's that's what we take it as, is freedom to be able to just say all the stupid things we want. (laughs) And and because Australia had no COVID for... For so long, or incredibly low levels, people had that a, a relaxed attitude of "oh, we can wait." You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to rush. Yeah, um, which you understand. It COVID wasn't something that we saw, and then we've we've got hotel quarantine, so everyone coming to Australia have to spend two weeks in quarantine and in a hotel guarded by police. And there's been leaks, but with the like Delta variant, um, there's been more because it's so contagious. So contagious, um, yes. Well, yeah. we're right back. We're almost we're almost there again. Uh, certain cities, and me living in California, which is uh, one of the largest states, uh, but we have a, a different outlook. And I know a lot of people have their thoughts about California. Uh, ultimately our leadership has stepped up and said, listen, we're, we're taking this seriously. I don't want people dead. I don't want any of those things. So, I mean, we're starting to go back to mask mandates, which like you just said, we kind of, for us, we, 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 you get vaccinated, you go do your thing. You're supposed to follow the rules. You follow the rules. And then people that really don't want it, that don't care, pull us all right back into this. It is just. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, COVID talk. Oh, but know. anyway, I this week I just decided, oh, I'm going to watch Ted Lasso again oh, there because, you go. because there you that's go. the week for it. Yeah, no, and you need something to make you feel good. And a lot of times just the escapism that a lot of the shows that we talk about and, and that we watch, you know, they do their job. They help us out in as far as like having something to look forward to other than the, the other stuff that's just so crappy out there. So, again, watching something like Loki and how it ended and just, let's be honest, this is a cliffhanger for sure. Yes. And it's not a cliffhanger as far as, like, we got to wait six months for the, uh, for you know, or six months to a year for the new season or whatever, and they can go into filming. It's more like, okay, now which movie are we going to get that takes us 
that helps complete this or, or takes us in that direction that we're going to now. So, uh, yeah, now we're just waiting for whatever. And we may not even get theatrical releases again if COVID keeps messing things up. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously it depends on our level of lockdowns and things, but, you know, us compared to the rest of the world, I mean, we only have to look slightly to our north, to our neighbours in Indonesia um, who have some horrific numbers. But yes. we're we're pretty lucky here. But I think Disney Plus will will keep having those premiere access for a little while. Yeah, they will. Yeah, if they can make money both ways, Disney will make money. Oh, yeah, they will. And they made it, like I said, it, if I'm not mistaken – I don't know if it's domestically for us in the States, but I think they pulled in about $60 million on premier access alone for Black Widow. So yes, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness <laughs> will make some money for them. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will make some home streaming money for them. And I mean, yeah, like you said, if they it's about making money, they're okay with that. So yeah. we'll see. Then again, they may just hold out. And just say, you know, we're going to do what we did with Black Widow and just hold out. No. Exactly. We're like, yeah, here we go. It's going to, yeah, we may have to go on a, a full protest and rant to just get them to push this, push them out for us faster. They've got such a backlog because is it, is it four releases? Well, four including Black Widow for the rest of this year. There's Black Widow, Shang-Chi, that's right. Ten Rings. Right. Is that one yeah. next? Shang-Chi and the Legend Shang-Chi. of the Ten Rings is next, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Eternals. That too. Wow. Yeah. And Spider-Man. All this. And if, if yeah, and Spider-Man should be the end of this year, like December. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. And I think we're getting James Bond as well. James Bond has moved a lot. Yeah, the Bond, you're right. The Bond movie has moved, uh, release dates pushed back, postponed. It's uh, it's moved a lot. But yeah, we should be getting that too. Uh, yeah, there's still a lot to be released and to be put in the theaters. Let's just hope again that, you know, we don't slide so far back into this, this COVID thing that we miss all these chances to, you know, just get at least our entertainment back to normal. Yeah. I I definitely want to see um, Shang Chi and and the Eternals on the big screen because I think they've got you know the big scope that big scope. Um, now on was it in the trailer for for Shang Chi? Um, was it the the Abomination from the Hulk movie? Yes, that's him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, yeah, that's him. That's the abomination. I don't know. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I'm, you know, we all watch these. I'm not an insider like that, you know, an industry insider. But I, I guess Marvel has the rights to everyone else except the Hulk. So the Hulk has to appear in team-ups. Yeah. That's why he's in Avengers movies or he's with someone, like in Ragnarok. But I guess everybody else is is free game because they've had Thunderbolt Ross in pretty much every MCU movie, especially any Avenger movie or Captain America ones. 
So he's been there this whole time. They're come, going forward with the She-Hulk series also. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome because that means, and a lot of people are pushing this, so now we had the appearance of Val in Black Widow and also in Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're saying that she's going to be the, the Nick Fury, you know, the Nick Fury of the Thunderbolts. Yeah. And the speculation is, is that she'll put, bring the Thunderbolts together and that's who we're going to get, which is the Thunderbolts are like an anti-hero team. Uh, the very first issue was one of the biggest twists, if I'm not mistaken, in comics ever, in which after they saved the day, you know, they reveal themselves to be the masters of evil. And it's like Baron Zemo and, you know, the rest of that roster. And you're just like, oh, but now that Zemo's established and he's still alive and in prison, you yep. know, we got him. We got John Walker. Uh, who knows if Wong doesn't hurt the abomination too badly? Maybe just puts him out of commission in Shang Chi. Then we get him as part of the team. Uh, obviously Yelena Belova would be there, but I think she's gonna leave if they they may if they do a Thunderbolts. Yelena Belova's probably gonna be like, I don't want to be part of this crap. I, I want to be with the big guys. My sister died being an Avenger, and I want to be an Avenger. You know, yeah. so I think she'll make the jump. But they're setting all of this up. It's all, all these different things are being set up. They're even setting up uh, the Young Avengers with uh, Miss Marvel, uh, the appearance of America Chavez in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There's so much coming down the line that they've, they've just been able to establish off of all these different... I mean, this is how a universe is supposed to work, am I right? If, if yeah. only Star Wars would have worked like this, you know, where like all the other things just complemented and and pushed and, and and connected together in some way shape or form and i mean i they're trying to do that now with star wars yeah. they really are trying to do that now if if you're watching bad batch it is definitely tying up all kinds of it's just it's just rolling everything together for people uh and and it's doing it at the right time I think uh, right out as the empire starts to roll out its control and occupation of all the planets that they've, you know, subdued. And we can't overlook that too. Like for star Wars, I would say that is going to help bring everything together and kind of tie things together. Uh, maybe even the Andor series, the Mandalorian did oh. it also the Mandalorian did it also, but yes, maybe yeah. even the Andor series we may yes. get, you know, maybe we get Obi-Wan popping up there. We still have the Obi-Wan series too. Just, yeah. Yes, the Andor series. Look, I didn't bring it up this time. Nah. I was thinking it. <laughs> I did, everybody. Happily did. Because as we record this, we are one day closer to Andor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so for me, I've, with Bad Batch, I have liked seeing those glimpses of you know, what the Empire's like um, and those little glimpses of people who might go on to form a rebel cell and then eventually form an alliance with another rebel cell. So we've seen Saw. Um, I don't think we're going to see Cassian because he's too young, but you never know. We might see his planet. Okay, and, and you know, okay, so... I was telling Araj, uh, my co-host on the Sith list, uh, we, uh, as we finished this last episode of Bad Batch, 
it just makes that statement from Cassian even more of a thing for me, or it, it drives it home for me when he says, you know, I've been fighting this war since I was five years old. It's like, they're kids. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're kids that are being plunged into this. Hera in this, did you see this last episode of Bad Batch? Okay. So Hera is a child. Her and Omega are kids running around and this is the, you know, she was involved already. So it does it now it all makes sense to me. Now it's all something that I can get behind or at least that's another connecting thing. So yes, he yeah. may be too young, but now I understand nobody's too young. They're all going to be in, involved in some way any way possible, whether it's their family, uh, you know, pulling him in like Harris family uh or if it's you know, things go down and you have to hop into a ship and escape with a bunch of uh, defected clones, apparently. And they're your found family. Like, that's just how it goes. Yeah. It's, it's exciting for me. Obviously, every day we're one day closer to Andor. Um, and my speculation is just off the charts with what can happen in Andor. So... I try to stop myself because you're only setting yourself up for disappointment or whatever if you speculate too much because you set expectations too high or you think this is the way the story has to go because I'm like, no, Krennic has to be in it because of we can do all these things and Mon Mothma and, and Bail Organa. But, okay, um, and also uh, Bays and Chirut should be in it too. Well, I don't see why not. There you go. That's it. There it is. I that's yeah, for me. I'm like, well, I don't see why they can't be in it. I mean, they're part of the squad. Yeah. You know, like where does this? Is it? Yeah, this is yes. I, I mean, they don't have to meet, and maybe now I'm already speculating that there's going to be multiple seasons. So, you know, maybe not in the first season we see them, but mm-hmm. we see them, you know, in little bits. In in the other seasons, we might see well, what's happening on Jeddah at that stage because I'm so intrigued by Jeddah just in in of itself um, before Empire times. Like what was Jeddah? Like was it this ancient Jedi temple? Because we've got those enormous statues yeah, or the carvings. Statue of the, the, the statue of the fallen Jedi or something yeah. like that? Yeah, that. That was really cool when I first saw that in Rogue One. I was like, oh, this is, oh, oh wow. They, yeah, this is an, a deep impact. Like, losing the Jedi and the in, in even touch with the Force just really rocked the galaxy. And, yeah. wow. And, and how long has that been an abandoned temple or not used? Um, yeah, I'm... When I'm reading the High Republic books, I'm partway through the Cavan Scott one now. Um, was it Rise, Light of the Jedi? I can't remember. Rising Storm, that's it. Rising Storm. Um, I keep reading them going, are they going to mention Jeddah? Mm-hmm. You know, is Jeddah a thing during High Republic times or is that even before then and it's just been given over to the Guardians? of the wills yeah guardians of the wills okay yeah yeah so 
I'm just so intrigued. One day closer, Catherine, one day closer. <laughs> Almost. It, yeah, it's <laughs> it's that one foot in front of the other mantra that I've I've got now. Um because through 2020 it was oh I'm getting closer to celebration. Mm, mm-hmm. But now it's pretty getting more anyway with them moving it to may that's made it even less likely that us australians will be able to go yeah however josh and i have still booked hotels and i'll be booking things but at the same time ensuring it's all fully refundable yes Um, make sure of that and keep your keep hoping keep hoping that you know you just may get a chance it ain't over till it's over. Nope. Um, so then my next thing is like, right, and or. I don't know when we're getting it, but I know every day I'm one day closer. That's my hope. That's, there it is. Thanks. So thank you so much for coming on and spending this time with me. And helping me with all my um, questions with Loki and and all the variants. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Um, um, thank you for having me on. It's a good way to start my Saturday up here. So, you know, yeah, this is cool. I didn't expect this. You're like, hey, I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll definitely come on and talk. Yeah. So, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at less is more seventy eight. Uh, you can also find me on the Sith List. Uh, we are a Week in Geek podcast. Uh, we record Wednesday nights and pretty much put the episode out now, like right after. So uh, Wednesday night recorded, Thursday fresh, ready to go. Uh, and you can also find me on our Sith List YouTube channel where we do reactions to all of uh, reactions and breakdowns to most of our, you know, geek shows, Star Wars, uh, you know, Mandalorian, Bad Batch, uh, anything else coming out of that uh, book of Boba Fett, uh, all the Marvel universe stuff, uh, Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision and anything coming out after that. So yes, if you're looking, that's where I, you can find me. Yes. Your dedication, you know, staying up till midnight, watching the shows every week. That's one thing in Australia. It's um, with at this certain time with time zones, it's five o'clock um, like Friday or Wednesday afternoon. Oh, it's... that's that's perfect. Yes, what? that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, someone had mentioned that before, and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, you just get to come home from work or whatever, and then just what's yeah. the term? Uh, get rooted. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, rooted. Rooted doesn't Oh, I thought rooted means I'm like tired and I'm done. Oh, um. Uh oh. Don't say um, get in front of it. Don't say. Get. No. Well, yeah. To have a root is to. Oh, um, dang it. So this is I why. Tried. I tried, everybody. I tried. <laughs> this is why Australians crack up when oh, Americans man. talk about rooting for a team. Oh. Oh, well, you learned something new. Now I know. <laughs> now I know better. Okay, I'm going to say I cheer for. 
Oh, uh, or barrack. We barrack for a okay. team. Okay, okay, that's yeah. a good one. All right. No, yeah. Uh oh. Sorry. <laughs> did, did you mean to take your podcast into different territory there, Catherine? Uh, Just, I don't mind. Excuse me. <laughs> Yikes! But anyways, you get to come home. Well, maybe you do. Actually, you know what? Maybe you do get to come home from work, do that, and Have then watch. Fun. Yeah, and then watch a show. <laughs> it's still perfect. It still works out, everybody. I have to stay up till midnight. <laughs> uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> On that note, oh man. I'm um on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at that geek pod and at Catherine underscore Neen, where I count down to Andor. <laughs> exactly. Daily. <laughs> yep, daily. I'm not here to fuck spiders. To, yep. root, to Roots Fighters? <laughs> is, is, am I right? Did I do yep. Okay. Yep. I learned a lot today. <laughs> oh, jeez. You guys need to come to Celebration so I can practice my Australian slang. Uh, <laughs> you get better at it. We're desperate. Look, if home isolation is a thing, by then, for the people who are fully vaccinated, which they're talking about, it might be. I'm, I'm in, because I live alone. Mm-hmm. I'm in the perfect situation to home isolate. I can even, you know, teach from home if need be. I'm there. I'm doing it. Yes, you're doing it. <laughs> Let Catherine go to celebration. Yes, that's the, isn't that the hashtag? Yeah, that's the hashtag. All right. Let Catherine go to celebration. That geek pod will return. <laughs>